process and performance management. I'm joined today by Jose Castro, the head of continuous improvement at CMI, who's also a speaker at APQC's 2022 Process and Knowledge Management Conference. Jose's session, Creating a Continuous Improvement and Process-Driven Culture, is part of the Process Journeys track, which focuses on how organizations build new capabilities or programs from scratch and enhance the value provided for their organization. Thank you for joining us today, Jose. Good morning, right. Holly. Thank you for thank you for having me today. Excellent. Well, the first thing I always want to do is kind of uh, get a little understanding um, of kind of how this journey was made possible uh, for the organization. So, what is the smartest thing your organization did to make its journey to continuous improvement and a process thinking culture a success? I think that the the smartest thing that we did is to actively listen. You cannot impose a culture. It is something very abstract that you have to build together from the ground up so that it is well received and genuinely adopted. So for us, having a a shared path, not an imposed path um, that we wanted to walk together, it was the the most important and smartest thing that we did at the very beginning of, of our journey. A culture is a lot about building like new behaviors and, and, and ideas and things like that. And that active listening helped you kind of like integrate that idea of these new behaviors and practices into the individual and their needs and, and their mindset, it sounds like as well. Yeah, we, we identified those cultural elements. When you talk about culture, we were, you know, at the beginning of the, of the podcast, we were talking about Cajun food. Those are very specific elements that you can recognize from different cultures. So uh, that, that's what we based on, you know, by actively listen, what are what were going to be those elements that would help us everyone getting engaged and, and walking the journey with us. Excellent. Thank you. And the next question is, so how did you identify quick wins at the beginning of the journey to help with that buy-in? So by listening we understood what were the immediate needs, you know, because at the end of the day, we wanted to get buy-in at an early stage. So we listened what were the organization's immediate needs and what was the, we created a quick way to address them. I think that having our level three process definition across the board was a great quick win. Um, Not so quick, I would say. It was not made from one day to the other or one week to the other. It took us a couple of months but it gave us all as a shared service center at CMI, a common ground of where to start. And accompanied by that, also being practical in how to create this process bank was relevant so that all the leaders felt related to the outcome. It was something they owned that we, we built together as a continuous improvement team. We we didn't put all the options on the table. We We were actively listening. And, and building based on what we already had, because we didn't start from scratch. There were already definitions in place. So that, that was probably the greatest quick win. Again, not so quick, but surely a win. Right. So like kind of having that standardization gave you a stepping up point to work with other with uh, the leaders in the organization and using this active listening skills to understand what were some immediate kind of low-hanging fruit pain points that you could use that standardization to help them kind of solve a problem for an improvement project and, and give them immediate value 
so that they immediately had that kind of buy-in and that what's in this for me kind of understanding and conversation. Yeah, and you mentioned the keyword that probably uh, gained a lot of momentum since we started our journey. It's uh, standardization. That was one of the key elements that made us want wanted to pursue this way of doing things in terms of process management and continuous improvement uh, because we understand the value in standardization. And as you know, within CMI, we have various lines of business. So standardization, it's a crucial element for the success of our share service center. Right. Without that standardization, it's easy for everybody to go to a wide array of variations based on their, their business line and their the kind of the uniqueness that they feel about it. But really then digging in and creating that, that level helps connect it and make sure that your continuous improvement program has kind of the ability to benefit a wide spectrum of people without harming other groups, it sounds like. Yes, um, we have to respect the particularities of each business line. I, I won't say that our concept of standardization is one size fits all. That's like the ideal scenario. But um, as you mentioned, we, we try to question the status quo and understanding whether some best practices in terms of processes are applicable across the board and where they are not, then we, we try to build the best solution, but make sure that we always follow a standard regardless. Okay. Thank you. I think one of the ways people have been talking about that lately is this idea of harmonization, right? It's standardization in a way that is most beneficial for the organization. So it may not be completely exactly the same, but enough of it is the same that um, you're able to reap those kind of scalable benefits. Okay. All right. The, the next question we have is that if an organization is trying to build up their program from scratch, what would be the one thing you would tell them not to do? Surely uh, our advice uh, as a continuous improvement team, it would be uh, don't start without knowing the problem. You know, what, what are the organizational needs? Um, when you start a journey like a program or any project, sometimes you just start a project because that's the name it had or because it's in your uh, quarterly or yearly objectives. But within Lean Six Sigma, you don't orient efforts towards managing projects. You orient them towards solving problems. I think that's the, the crucial part and that's highly important. You know, if, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So if we, just, just if you're starting this journey, make sure that you have a clear understanding of what the problem is put all your senses, talk with leaders, decision ma makers, and genuinely know why you are embarking in this journey because it's not going to be a, a quick win journey. It's going to be a long road and you will experience several hiccups if you don't understand the problem from the very beginning. And, and, and the organization can see from time to time how that problem starts to to, to being, start being solved. It's not going to be a one shot, but yeah. you're, they're, they're going to see some behaviors. They're going to see some outcomes that will help solve the problem gradually. So that, that's it. Think of the problem. Nobody likes to talk about problems, but that's, I think that's the most important piece of, of starting any, any effort. Right. And improvement and, and process programs are specifically there to help the organization improve and grow. 
Um, so without a problem statement, you, you don't understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. You don't have that benchmark to say, this is when we finish solving it. Um, but also, like you said, it gives the idea of having something you're cohesively working towards. So you can see how all the little pieces that come throughout the project is going to, you know, help you achieve that goal and keep that momentum, um, as well. So, and, and speaking of momentum, um, the last question I have is for, is that setting up a program tends to be a marathon rather than a sprint. Like we said, you've said it multiple times. It's not going to be quick. It's going to take some time. Um, what's some advice you have for keeping that momentum going? Well, there, there will be a, a lot of learnings that we have up to today. I think that, you know, we were talking about this with Luis, who's going to be co-presenting. He's the Continuous Improvement and Transformation Director. And we agreed on finding the right moment to do it. And this is something very unique to each organization. In our case, uh, the Share Service Center had a maturity level where it was the right time to do it. There were, if we would have tried to do this probably three years before than, than the date when we started in 2019, 2020, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. And, and probably we wouldn't be here talking about any success story, just lessons learned because the needs of the organization were different at the time. So I think having that self-awareness of having, are we in the right moment to do it is something important, but in terms of keeping momentum going, divide and conquer was the best strategy. We had seven sprints or seven milestones, if you want to put it that way. And we reviewed them often. With that being said, there were always news. There were always conversations on the table uh, and we call them news because it's not always going to be good news, right? Sometimes there there could be hiccups or challenges, but the important thing is that you weren't there at the beginning and at the end, but throughout the whole construction process of this uh, of this journey. So dividing and conquer is something that really worked for us. Celebrating the collective wins, we're trying to make sure this is a culture and not a one-time effort of process mapping and Lean Six Sigma training, right? We're, we're, we're trying to make this built into our DNA within the Share Service Center. So celebrating the collective wins when someone gets their Greenbelt certification, when an area finishes their process mapping, when an area finishes one of the milestones, their risks and controls, those are the, the things that we, we promote celebration because that keeps the momentum going and since it's a long journey, there will be new people going into your organization that probably will not have any any context of what's going on. And that will, uh, you know, wake up their professional curiosity to understand, oh, you know, they have a process-driven culture. They have a continuous improvement culture. And those elements that I see on my teammates, uh, I, I understand where they're coming from and how I, I should embrace them. So I think those those would be things to keep the momentum going. And, you know, as you know, we, we started this from the Share Service Center. Mm-hmm. And a, a crucial part of keeping the momentum going is leading by example within our organization. We were supposed to become the best and help others within the organization. And I think that's something that we have achieved. And that has many positive components to it other than we achieved the milestones that we that, that we planned, we're actually helping the organization uh, as well 
in terms of best practices, lessons learned of it, of our journey and encouraging other areas to replicate that journey, probably they can do it faster because, you know, we, we have learned on how to do it. And I, I think those would be a, some key pointers on, on how, how to keep momentum going. Moreover, you know, we, as you know, we, we started our program a couple months before the pandemic. So keeping the momentum going in a virtual environment for at least the first couple of years um, you know, it, it was something that caught us off guard, but, you know, we, we kept the momentum going even even at that particular point in time. You guys have done great work, especially in those kind of circumstances. It sounds like uh, kind of like three major points as far as like keeping that momentum going is first off, um, kind of bite-sized chunks. You're going to break it up into smaller pieces so that you can reassess, identify, you know, identify successes as well as things that may be adjustments that you need to do as far as like getting that engagement, getting that culture shift at all of those different stages. Um, Celebration of of little successes along the way um, are are always a great motivator for people to keep going. It also helps engage other people then in those little successes. Um, and I think the third point you made is the the leading by example, I think is super important, right? Um, especially when so many people you know, outside of the process teams can look at process and continuous as proven as something that's happening to them, but it's being pushed upon them by embracing and, and, and sharing your own success stories for how you guys have adopted what you're teaching, um, give it some additional validity as far as like kind of a peer level practitioner almost, um, making people a little bit more open to that, it sounds like as well. Okay. And I know um, that's kind of all the last of the formal questions. Is there any other piece of advice that you would give another program um, or any parting words? Well, I uh, hope to see everyone at, at the conference in May. I think we're eager to share how we embark this journey, what we learn. And um, no, that, I think that will be all. I, I will not have any more spoilers for our, for our conference, but I hope that we, you know, uh, everyone who comes to our conference uh, will have the tools that, you know, that we can provide to them and their knowledge and and the failures as well. They, they can learn from us and mm-hmm. and make this a thing within their organization, for sure. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to see you guys' this session. And you guys have got a great uh, case study for how you, you've kind of taken on and, and really taken a people-centric viewpoint as far as the engagement and, and driving and creating a part of the DNA. So thank you very much for your insights, Jose. Um, thank you all for listening to this APQC podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to APQC podcast and visit apqc.org to learn more. Hope you have a great rest of your day. APQC.org to learn more. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.